welcome to the Recover You podcast with Kyleen and Patrick Terhune. It's here that we talk about sex addiction, betrayal trauma, mental, emotional, and physical health, faith, and anything and everything needed to recover you to your most authentic self that God created you to be. Hi everyone, it's Kyleen here doing a short solo mini episode for you. I am coming on by myself today just to share some things that have been going on behind the scenes and to honestly, I'm just going to be really vulnerable and open with you about the reality of my life that you don't see on social media. So to be honest, I have struggled with sharing openly when I have triggers or down days because obviously I waited to share my story until I knew I could support others through their own journeys. So I was not constantly um, on social media talking about what I was going through the first year and a half. And I wasn't um, walking you through it uh, live at the time. I waited until I got to a certain point and, and then I shared my story. And to be honest, there's something difficult, I think particularly for me, but I think a lot of other people struggle with this as well. There's something difficult about being a coach, supporting women, guiding them through their own trauma, helping them process difficult emotions, and then sitting down at the end of the day and admitting that you're feeling sad yourself. This is um, a little ironic because when I was working primarily as a functional medicine health coach, we would regularly talk about how you can coach others while you are still working through your own health journey. So you can support others and their physical health while you still are working through your own symptoms. And sometimes that actually establishes more credibility and trust with your clients because people see you and know you and understand you and and realize that you understand them and can empathize with them. And as long as you're further along in the journey, then that's what you need to know. So I remember thinking, um, you know, we a lot of the coaches in, in the functional medicine community go through this journey as well, where it's like, oh, I have imposter syndrome because my health isn't like 100% perfect, right? Well, Ultimately, nobody's is right, but we want to be. We want to. We want to uh, emulate the uh, the goal. We want to. You know, we're living this lifestyle. We're doing the things, and we're and we're teaching others. And so we want to feel like our life is perfect, or we want to feel like our health is perfect, right? And that's just not always reality. But we have found things and tools that really help, and and we have resources, right? And so that's why we do what we do. And so just being able to sort of correlate the two for myself. Um, for, for me personally, I tend to be someone who really wants to get through the hard part. I want to figure out what to do with it, how to approach it. I want to know all the steps and then share it with you. So I really like to learn the process and then teach it, but that's not always reality. So I just really quickly wanted to hop on and share really openly that I have been struggling with some things emotionally. So Patrick and I are doing really well. Patrick is crushing his recovery and running his support groups. And in fact, he recently spoke at a men's retreat and was able to support several new men as they took brave steps to address their behaviors and join the support group themselves. So I am really, really proud of him and everything he has accomplished. So I just want to say that up front. And I have been dealing with a lot of grief recently about what I have lost. So I have been dealing with a lot of frustration and annoyance, (laughs) just being really honest here, about how hard I feel like my life has been in general. So there are days or times where I can really get into a woe woe is me cycle of thinking 
where I just sit down and I'm emotional and I'm feeling sad and I think, well, I was sexually abused as a kid. Um, I developed OCD from the trauma of that. I was cheated on and divorced by the time I was 21. I went through cancer at 34. And then after all of that, I discovered the love of my life was cheating on me and was struggling with a secret sex addiction for our entire marriage. And I can just really go down this spiral. <laughs> Right? Like, and I can just go, well, that's not normal. Other people don't have that much trauma. I know other, I know other people struggle with hard things, but it's just not this much, right? And I can just really get self-focused and, and focusing on the negativity. On a good day, I can think, oh, there are other people who have it harder than me. I wouldn't trade my experiences if I had the chance to, because I, I do. You know, I appreciate what I have learned from them. I, I love the person that I have become. There has always been something that I have taken away from all of these other experiences over time. And they truly have turned me into the person that I am. And they've given me the knowledge that I have. They've given me the capability to help other people, to empathize, to have compassion in ways that I would not have if I did not have these experiences in my life. So, you know, on a good day, those are, um, those are the things I think about. And, and they're really true. I really do believe that. But again, other days I just find myself thinking, woe is me. This is really hard, <laughs> you know? Thankfully, those days are fewer than the positive days, but I wanted to just shine a light on the reality of betrayal recovery. And, and that is that even when your husband checks off every single box, when he does all the right things, when he's there, when he's present, when he's empathetic, when he's emotionally supportive, when he's staying in recovery himself, there are still things that you have to deal with emotionally. And depending on how many layers there are, or maybe how many layers you came into the betrayal with previous to the betrayal, right? Like I had multiple things that I brought with me into our relationship. This process can take time. And in fact, let me encourage you that there is no timeline. There is no timeline. So I was on a call with a woman recently and she was one and a half years after discovery and she made the comment that you, and I think she was referring to the coaches that she sees, you all look like you're doing so well. And she just felt like things should be resolved for her after this period of one and a half years. And I really needed to encourage her and share that no, what she was feeling is normal. And one and a half years is absolutely nothing. It's no time after the decades of betrayal. And well, there really is no timeline because everyone is unique. So I want to encourage you with that as well. And, and part of this uh, short little mini episode is kind of encouraging myself right, as I'm going through this because I want to share some of the things that have come up for me in the past few weeks. And one of those things is being in this awkward part of my relationship with Patrick where so much of the betrayal has actually been processed and so much of the relationship has been restored. And yet we haven't reached this consistent place of total relaxation and joy in our relationship, like total normalcy yet, right? And some days this hits harder than others because there are some days where I just want to feel relaxed and normal. I just want to let loose and have fun and not think about the betrayal, which to be fair is a little hard since that is my entire job now. <laughs> I kind of uh, put myself in a position where I would be presented with it regularly, but on the relational aspect, there are just days where I don't want to think about it. And that can be difficult for me because 
again, just being really honest, I have part of my personality that is very determined to do the right thing always, no matter what, even if it gets in the way of what I want to do. And while that sounds like a really great, healthy part that, you know, has a lot of integrity and things like that, sometimes it makes me overthink things that I shouldn't be overthinking things, or I overanalyze everything in order to not make mistakes or to not have regrets, which is kind of ironic because then I sort of regret not relaxing and enjoying the moment and being present, things like that. So to get even more specific about things that have been happening recently, our would-be 10-year anniversary is coming up soon. And while I totally knew that date, I knew that was coming up, I had sort of set it aside in my mind and something reminded me about it. And that really hit me hard one day and made me feel really sad and really depressed. 10 years is obviously a milestone anniversary and it's one that I had been looking forward to essentially from the day we got married. I I really had the 10 year as a big point of excitement for me to achieve in our relationship. We no longer celebrate our anniversary because I view the previous relationship as over and done And I view the relationship that we are in right now as new and separate. So when I was reminded about the anniversary, one thing I thought was, I don't want to hear other people wishing me a happy anniversary because in my mind, it's not. It's not our anniversary and it's not happy to remember the time I invested in a marriage that was a lie. And even though I know it's not the well-wisher's intention, it feels insensitive to say happy anniversary when they know my story. So I was just kind of struggling through all of that and thinking, man, I just really, I really don't want to hear people say happy anniversary. And you may think, well, just don't tell them it's your anniversary. But for people that have known me a long time or followed me a long time, I used to make a huge deal about it because it's the day after my birthday. So everybody knows when it's my birthday that it's my also my birthiversary week because my anniversary is the next day. And it used to, like I said, make a huge deal about it. So a lot of people just sort of know <laughs> So, you know, when Facebook says, hey, it's her birthday, a lot of people kind of associate that with, well, it's also her anniversary soon, right? Plus, there are just people in your life, you know, family members and things that that know. They remember those things. They put them in your calendar. So one of my coaches recently, because yes, every coach needs a coach, asked me, how would I like to feel if people wish me a happy anniversary? So I thought about it and I said, neutral. Neutral is how I would like to feel. I would like to recognize that they are well-meaning and not feel any negative emotions about it. So then she continued, we continued to talk and she suggested two things. And I'm just going to share these. Maybe they're helpful to you or maybe it's just helpful to hear my story of what I'm going through. But she suggested two things. One, that I still do something fun on my legal anniversary day. So kind of reclaiming that actual day and uh, doing something, whatever it is, doing something intentional and fun that day. And two, that we pick another day to celebrate moving forward. We can name it something different. We can call it something different, but we choose another day that we can look forward to celebrating And that way, when, well, first of all, for us, that's just something to look forward to and create a new anniversary and a new celebration. But secondly, it also provides an opportunity when somebody says, hey, happy anniversary, you can just easily say, "Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. We don't actually celebrate that day anymore, but now we celebrate this other date instead. 
Um, and it's just really easy and simple. And, um, you know, if they want to put that in their calendar, they can. And, you know, they're, they're obviously well-meaning. They want to celebrate you. They want to love you. Um, and so you just are able to, or I am able to then just communicate that um, this is, you know, we've shifted away from that and we're doing this instead. And it gives them the opportunity to, to celebrate that instead. And, and that would be great, right? If I pick another day and we feel really good about that, it would be really nice if people recognize that and celebrate that. And, and if that felt more aligned, right? So I love that idea. So Patrick and I do need to work out the details of that because I think that's excellent. I want to implement that for sure. Um, that definitely feels more aligned to me moving forward. So anyway, this is just a really short episode and I'm sorry, it's not a step-by-step guide of what to do or how to apply something in your situation, but it's more of just me sharing some of the internal thoughts and struggles and feelings that I have been having as I continue to process this journey myself. And because I can't help myself, I do want to end on a really positive note and remind myself as much as I am reminding you that it is okay to have days or weeks where you are processing new emotions. This in no way means you are back to square one. In fact, the fact that you feel safe enough to feel and express your emotions means that you're now in a phase of your recovery where it's okay to do that. And that is a really positive thing. So one thing I want to leave you with is thinking of the recovery process like a slinky that is spread out. When you follow the coil, it may feel like you're going backwards And when you're having a sad day, it might feel like you have just gone back to square one. But in reality, you are still moving forwards one step at a time. If you think about following that coil, when you drop down and you come back up again and you drop down and you come back up again and that slinky is spread out, it's actually moving forward every coil one at a time. So just reminding you and me today that you're still moving forward one step at a time and the process of naming validating and processing your emotions is what ultimately allows you to move through them into the next phase. I wish I could say that this journey was easy, but I will say you are courageous for choosing it. We all need support on this journey. I mentioned that I have support groups, individuals, and coaches that are on my team so that when I'm going through these tough times, I can get the support I need. If you need support as you recover from betrayal trauma, please click the link in the show notes to book a connection call. I would love to support you as you continue moving through the next phase of recovery. And please remember, you are beautiful, you are worthy, and you are enough. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this podcast interesting or helpful, it would mean so much if you leave a five-star review or post a screenshot and share on social media. We are on a mission to share the message of recovery and you can help get the word out. If you know a friend who could use this podcast, please share it.